0: Hello, Lot here. Just wanting you all to know that this episode has been previously recorded and posted. So I hope you enjoy it or re-enjoy it.
1: Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here,
0: a Game of Thrones, a Song
1: of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. I'm Guile. Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr, and I'm joined here tonight
2: by Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky Chikrin on Tumblr. Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho. Clotho Spindle on Tumblr. Eon. Hey, this is
1: Eon. I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. And returning guest Ellie.
0: Hi, I'm Ellie, and you can find me at Attention Deficit Aptitude on Tumblr.
2: <laughs> so tonight's A mouthful. I know, I know. right?
0: <laughs>
1: So tonight we're going to dive into A Clash of Kings with Caitlin's first chapter in the second book of the Song of Ice and Fire saga. So um, presumably we are going to have spoilers for the entire Song of Ice and Fire and Game of Thrones. Um, This chapter seems to take place shortly after Robb's been declared the king of the north. He's had time to have a crown forged of bronze and iron. The metals of Winter Cat thinks dark and strong to fight against the cold. And the chapter starts as Rob has Cleos Frey, our friend Cleos, yay, brought before him in Riverrun's Great Hall. And Cleos is basically scared shitless of. In my notes, you guys, okay, I, I have to break and share this. My notes say Cleos is basically scared shitless of, of Grey Worm. So, <laughs> Grey Worm. I mean, he probably would be, but he's actually scared shitless of Grey Wind. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> a little more sense, yeah. Which you know amuses Rob and his audience, and Rob tells Cleos he's going to release him to send peace terms to Cersei, but that he's expected to return with Cersei's answer and resume his captivity. He makes Cleos pledge to do so before everyone because honor, I guess. <laughs> Yeah.
2: You know Um, what's impressive about this that you kind of forget about is that Cleos actually does do this. uh, I know. Resume his prisonerhood. Be like, peace out, buddy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there is a moment, like, I thought about this, and, like, as I was reading it, I was like, why does he come back? But then I remember, I I don't remember who it is, but somebody, I think it's the great John, who goes, Everyone in this room has heard you say that, which I guess is, like, the threat of, like, if you don't someone's going to kill you.
2: <laughs> yeah. To an extent, I mean, I think he might actually have some nightly ideals, honestly. I mean, look at the way that he kind of gets after Jamie for picking on Brienne.
0: <laughs> yeah. And
2: mm. is he part
1: of Tyrion's escape plot later?
2: No, he does not know that that's happening. Okay. As I recall, okay. spoilers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: um. So Rob makes his terms known. And to sum it up, they're the release and return of Arya and Sansa in exchange for William um, Lannister and Tien Frey, that the Lannisters return Ned's bones along with the bodies of his household to Winterfell, that they send ice to Rob, and release the prisoners from the Green Fork in exchange for the release of captives from the Whispering Wood in the Battle of the Camp Sands, Jamie. They want the Lannisters to acknowledge Rob as the King of the North over the lands north of the Neck, lands watered by the Trident and bordering the Golden Tooth to the west and the Mountains of the Moon to the east. And then, additionally, the Iron Throne will send Rob ten noble prisoners who will be gradually released as the peace holds.
2: And Cat I mean, notes, like, you kind of have to think of this as like an opening salvo, right? I mean, like, first round of negotiations yeah. is. I mean, he he's like, you know, I have to be this harsh. I have to be this harsh, but it, it's like in the back of his mind, he must be thinking there must be an offer for which he might give up Jamie. To, I mean, I despite what he says later, you know, I, I mean, in, I don't know you know cat we we find out that cat doesn't
1: seem to think the terms were sweet enough and you know she thinks rob should be willing to trade jamie for sansa and arya mm-hmm. and you know to me it's like if rob thinks that the only thing that cersei will take is jamie and you know if he knows that this will piss off some of his men it's like yeah other other than being a negotiating
2: point why is he offering terms at all yeah, I mean, it, this just the fact that he's negotiating is pissing off Karstark. So, like, right. why even do it if you're not willing to go far enough to get it done? I guess. I don't know. It's it's one of those weird things where it's like, can he just not even say it? Or does he really not even consider it a possibility? I, it's I mean, it's it's, it's, kinda it's kind of one of those things that's hard to know. I mean, like just to be noble, you know, I don't know, I don't know. it's so I mean, he's asking for a lot. I mean, it's like the whole yeah, yeah, I mean, shit he <laughs> He's
1: asking for everything, I think. I mean, is there mm-hmm. anything that he wouldn't want here? No. Other than the no. Iron Throne. He's not, yeah, I mean, he's yeah. asking for absolutely everything.
2: I mean, doesn't it sound like yeah. opening round of negotiations where you just ask for everything in the kitchen yeah. sink, knowing yeah. no, you're not going to get yeah. it all, and you willing to move then mm-hmm. on the next? Yeah, I mean, ugh, um, who knows? <laughs> I have a, you know, what do we think of Karstark? because i feel
1: like he's being super unreasonable and his attitude that he should be entitled to some revenge against Jamie who killed his sons you know as legitimately as possible in the society like i feel yeah that rob that the great john like these other lords need to kind of take him aside and be like we get that you're grief-stricken but your attitude is fucked like I mean, well he's got to, to release from reality Jamie. Right, like you should frankly want him to release Jamie so that you can kill him in battle.
2: I mean, that's thing that's thing, acceptable. Yeah, right. yeah, they were killed in battle. They weren't. It wasn't like he, you know, in the ambush on their, their murdered them under too, guest yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or or killed them, um, you know, in a in a in a prison guard capacity, like they showed yeah. on the show. It was not that circumstance. I mean, yeah, what is more honorable than battle? They literally died protecting Rob. I mean, they died an incredibly
1: honorable death. In, in you know, in, frankly, a socially acceptable way. And Mm -hmm. the fact that he can't get that, it means he kind of, like, basically needs to be sent home. He really does. Mm -hmm. Like, give one of, you know. Cool off. Give
2: someone yeah. else some time out. Time go yeah. stick yeah. In your head in yeah. snow. <laughs> well, it's yeah. it's like the same way, Guile. That you're always like, I wonder what strings Littlefinger is pulling in in King's Landing with Joffrey and stuff. it's like, You wonder, okay, is 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 Roose pulling some strings here with Karstark to keep him just this enraged, or you know, like, mm. why is he so unreasonable about this? Although later, when you learn more about the Carstarks, George kind of characterizes them as a very hot-blooded nice. and <laughs> short-thoughted people, the men especially, so yeah. I don't know well, if it's just that. <laughs> so, Cat um, and
1: Rob get into this kind of nasty, I mean, not nasty, but it's, you know, it's a deep fight about the fact that Rob admits that he would have considered trading Jamie for Ned, but not his sisters, and mm-hmm. Edmure tries to defend Rob, but really, Kat nor neither Cat nor Rob is having any of it, and Cat accuses him uh, she says, Girls are not important enough, are they? <laughs> which <sighs> yeah. I mean which basically. Is reality. Yeah. Yeah. Although yeah, I mean there's there's really no other way around it, unfortunately. And you know, they kind of get down to the heart of the problem between them at this point, which is that Rob feels like he's outgrown his mother. Yeah. And you know, he offers her a bunch of options to leave. She can go to Winterfell, she can go to the twins and help pick out Rob's wife, or she can go with Theon to Pike. And Kat declines, claiming that her place is with her dying father. But again, she questions the wisdom of sending Theon to treat with his own father. And, you oh, know, God. could you imagine what would have happened
0: if she had gone with Theon? Oh, I God. was oh. wondering about that. Oh, God. Damn.
2: But, I mean, I mean like... Think...
0: Go Theon ahead. would have had a lot less fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, and then eventually more fun, but... <laughs> oh. Do you think I, that Balin would have taken her as a hostage?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But, like, the, the whole thing here, I mean, you get where Rob's coming from, and you again, you know, like, wondering who's pulling strings. It's like, you kind of wonder who might be advising Rob to take this move, you know? Might might Edmure have been in his, his ear about getting Kat gone or something, you know? I don't
1: oh, know. Oh, I don't think Edmure wants Kat gone, because then he might have to go deal with his dad,
2: Oh, wasn't there some line about um, Theon smiling about something?
1: Oh, what was it? Was it... Like he, when- I think it's the...
0: Wasn't praying? there a line
1: about how he always has smiles like he, you know, has some secret joke? Yeah, like when when they were talking, when he was talking to Cleos. Something. Yeah. Right. But I think that's just, like, his, his look. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: It's just his I face. honestly don't think that anyone would have to whisper in Rob's ear to make him feel this way about his mother right now. Because I was... Listen, like reading this argument and going through it i was like it almost seems like they're not even really arguing about theon anymore it seems like they're really arguing about john where she she has always looked at theon with suspicion and i and rob has always seen him as another brother and he's like you've done this before with john i don't really trust your judgment anymore yeah i mean i think
1: i mean the thing that you know if if you think about Cat going to Pike, I mean, the thing that makes it kind of ridiculous is that you know that they don't really have any relationship, and that mm-hmm. she wouldn't have had a chance to, like, temper change anything, and, you know, that's kind of her own choosing, you know, she's definitely, like, her kids, and you don't really see her having much of a relationship with anyone else. hmm and that's just, you know, I mean, and maybe that's part of it, you know, part of the little, it's part of the Littlefinger factor. Like, obviously, you know, Hoster Tully kind of brought, you know, Littlefinger was really welcomed into that family and it turned into a disaster, like more than Kat even knows.
0: Uh. Yeah, I wonder if somewhere subconsciously she, like, knows that and and that has had an effect on her relationship with these surrogate kids.
1: And I think she's a little snobby, like, just in her personality. I do think, like, she's she kind of a snobby. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah.
2: We know this. We've seen it. We've seen her yeah. meeting new people and like, you know, Maya and just being snotty. I mean, you know, she doesn't mean to be. I know it's the way that she was raised. I don't I don't think that it is with her It within her context. I don't think it's her being snotty, but
0: well, I mean, she's very like Sansa. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You see this through Sansa's eyes, too. When she meets people, she she has that snobby streak that she absolutely gets from Kat. Mm. <laughs> Um I mean we'll
2: see this later on whenever she first meets Brian. Oh god yeah. Knows. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Next week everyone. Yeah, yeah, looking right. forward to. It. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um
1: so Rob leaves her rather abruptly and Cat asks Edmure to come with her to their father's chambers and Emir declines claiming that he needs to oversee some training. Cat thinks her brother would sooner face battle than that si- than that sick room and you know, I'm very much an Edmure defender, and I had to say, like, I really, like, felt for him at that that moment. That's such, like, a human moment, and there are, you know, I think, you know, unfortunately in most of our lives, we'll have rooms that we don't want to go into, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just you, yeah, one of those times where Yeah, you have to put yours, on your,
2: your big girl oh, pants and go in and do right, it. Right, you got to go in the room, but... Which is boy, what if you always can... has to do. Like, this right, is a she... really good metaphor for their relationships, like, oh... Somebody has to marry somebody for an alliance. Kat's like, okay, we'll all do it. And Edmure just dodges it his whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mean, I, fair, I get
1: like wanting to avoid that room, let's just say.
0: Well, yeah, to, it, to be fair to Edmure, denial is the first stage of grief, and he's very much in denial.
2: Yeah, but he's had longer to get accustomed to it to, than anybody.
0: <laughs> that's true, yeah. that's true. I, I mean,
2: yeah, I think like he... It's
1: hard because, you know, he's the one who bears the most burden of it in terms of running, you know, actually running the house. And he can keep himself busy with that. But I think there's a difference between, like, the duty, you know, assuming the duty and then, like, saying goodbye to the person. And he's mm-hmm. the one that would have spent, you know, he didn't go anywhere to marry anyone. So he spent, like, far more time with Hoster than, than anyone, than anyone too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So he could, you know, it can be... A much stronger emotional tie just given that they've spent their lives together
2: yeah but that's all uh, the more reason to be there to support his <sighs> poor dad in his last few hours i mean i find this I, like in an adult a grown adult like edmire who's 30 i mean i just find this kind of behavior childish it's isn't he the youngest is, does not in the family, of Edmure to me
0: i'm sorry what was that ellie uh, isn't he the youngest yeah yeah I yeah. feel like that's pretty classic baby of the family. Yeah.
2: dodging
0: yeah. <laughs> yes. responsibility. I'll be enough of
1: the baby of the of my family defending him. Um, there we
2: go. <laughs> it all makes sense, though. When your older siblings are in there taking care of it, yes. <laughs> no, when, when everyone, everyone is there, but
1: boy, you would give anything to not be there. Um, mm. So Kat goes to Hoster's room, and she finds the blackfish is in there with him. And they talk about how Hoster is being kept comfortable with Dream Wine and, and Milk of the Poppy, and he isn't really there anymore. They step outside of his rooms and note that the Red Comet, which, um, you know, I didn't really talk about what's going on in the book at this point. But, you know, through all of the POVs, we're seeing notes and, and talk about the Red Comet that's streaming across the sky. And I have a, a little passage about this. Um, Her uncle glanced up, frowning. You can see it by day now. My men call it the Red Messenger, but what is the message? Catelyn raised her eyes to where the faint red line of the comet traced a path across the deep blue sky, like a long scratch across the face of God. The Great John told Rob that the old gods have unfurled a red flag of vengeance for Ned. Edmure thinks it's an omen of victory for Riverrun. He sees a fish with a long tail in the tully colors, red against blue. She sighed. I wish I had their faith. Crimson is a Lannister color. That thing's not crimson, Sir Brendan said. Nor Tully Red, the mud red of the river. That's blood up there, child, smeared across the sky. Our blood or theirs. Was there ever a war where only one side (laughs) blood? Which...
0: Can I just say, I had completely forgotten about the comet, and I enjoyed it so much. It's one of my favorite parts of this book, is just everybody speculating on this comet, which of course... Oh yeah. From a reader perspective, like me, like I'm like, well, it has no meaning. It's just a comet, you guys.
2: Right. I know. By a dance with dragons, you've totally forgotten about that comet, and uh-huh. there's the whole theory about that comet's gonna be the ending of the
0: of this whole story. That's gonna <laughs> <So> really- <laughs> Like, sweet meteor of death, huh?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's how it all ends.
0: That'd be awesome. Like, what, it crashes into the ground and kills everybody?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I remember this being one of the, the things that I found so visibly poignant about the show. I think, okay, now, don't quote me because I'm not sure, but I think it, they took one episode and kind of did several shots of people seeing this comet, if yeah, I mm-hmm. recall correctly. Yeah, and yeah. That was really cool. It's one of those things that it can be hard when you're reading to kind of connect the world together because it takes so long to get through all the POVs and kind of get, you know, match up same points in the story. Um, And it was a really cool thing on the show, seeing the comet. And and exactly like you said, Ellie, just seeing people kind of throughout this portion of the story, seeing this really bad omen, obviously. Everybody agrees it's a bad omen in the sky.
0: Well, some people think it's a good omen, like (laughs) Edmund.
2: Well, Or, you know, the dragons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's obviously supposed to be Targaryen Red. That's the red, since he can't pin what house it is. So, Brendan updates Kat on what's going on
1: in the Riverlands, and the lords that Edmure has released to go back and defend, the- defend their lands are basically getting crushed by the remaining Lannister forces and ver- um, various reavers, essentially. Um, Blackwood's lost everything but his keep, and the poor boy the poor boy, Lord Derry, who I think was eight, um, lost his life to Gregor, to Gregor Clegane. And he mentions a lot of the characters that will meet pretty soon via Arya and then later via Jaime's um, POV chapters. And we hear about the, the Brotherhood Without Banners and Varga and Amory Lorch. So you know, as you're reading the book, you start to get the sense of, you know, this is what Arya is walking into. She's mm-hmm. you know, basically walking into this hell in the Riverlands. And in the meantime, Tywin Lannister himself sits safely behind the walls of Harrenhal. And the Blackfish tells Cat that Tywin has unleashed this tear in the Riverlands precisely because he wants to provoke Rob to attack Harrenhal. And I have another um, short passage about Harrenhal, which I thought was kind of cool. My first rule of war, Cat, never give the enemy his wish. Lord Tywin would like to fight on a field of his own choosing. He wants us to march on Harrenhal. Harrenhal. Every child of the Trident knew the tales told of Harrenhal, the vast fortress that King Harren the Black had raised besides the waters of the God's Eye 300 years past, when the Seven Kingdoms had been Seven Kingdoms, and the Riverlands were ruled by the Iron Men from the islands. In his pride, Harren had desired the highest hall and ta- tallest towers in all Westeros. Forty years it had taken, rising like a great shadow on the shore of the lake, while Harren's armies plundered his neighbors for stone, lumber, gold, and workers. Thousands of captives died in its quarries, chained to his sledges or labouring on his five colossal towers. Men froze by winter and sweltered in summer. Weirwoods that had stood three thousand years were cut down for beams and rafters. Heron had beggared the riverlands and the iron islands alike to ornament his dream. and when at last Heron Hall stood complete on the very day King Heron took up residence. Aegon the Conqueror come ashore at King's Landing. <laughs> <laughs> Catelyn could remember hearing old Nan tell the story to her own children back at Winterfell. And King Heron learned that thick walls and high towers are small use against dragons, the tales always ended, for dragons fly. Heron and all his line had perished in the fires that engulfed his monstrous fortress, and every house that held Heron Hall's sense had come to misfortune. Strong it might be, but it was a dark place, and cursed. It's kind of interesting that um cat like has this tale of heron Hall um told through old Nan's eyes when isn't cat's mama went and they hold Heron Hall is she a Wendt? is, is that right? yeah, she's Manisa went. Hmm. Yeah, that's funny. She Unless didn't the that, then. Didn't hold it at that point, but I mean, it seems like they would have held it for at least the past like 30 or 40
2: years. Oh, so yeah, uh, you would think, or maybe George hadn't decided who Cat's mom was going to be at this point. Yeah, you know? maybe. <laughs> yeah or
1: possible. that the Wentz had Harrenhal. Um, but yeah, it's like no, kind I think of an we odd...
2: knew that. Okay. But yeah, I I love I love the lore of Heron Hall. I mean Heron Hall is so much one of George's crucibles for his characters, you know. I mean like he loves to just throw them there. So
1: who do you <laughs> you know do you some...
2: Who do you think, you know, looking forward
1: in, into the books for a second, you know, who do you guys think might end up at Hall I mean, is it have we seen the last of it? You know, I think right at the moment in the books it's oh. um Bonifer Hasty is that who holds H- I mean yeah, so he's Bonif- there was, like,
2: but it's Baelish. I mean this is yeah. this is how you know Peter Baelish is going to crash and burn is because he's <laughs> the <Yeah. you> think fucking <laughs> Lord of Harrenhal?
0: Mm-hmm. You think it's going
2: to be at Harrenhal that he's going to get his <laughs> Oh no, it's going to be at <laughs> I winter. doubt. It. Yeah. Yeah, but it will Wait, be. I uh, mean, this is this is one of the portents that he's gonna go down and flames. Somebody needs to just take it down, like uh, whatever their version yeah. of a wrecking ball is. Doing. Yeah, I mean, it's already had the wrecking ball to yeah. it. It wouldn't <laughs> take true. much more at this point <laughs> ah, no. to take it all apart.
0: <laughs> yeah, because Peter Baelish seems to think that he can. Uh, outmaneuver the curse by never actually going to Harrenhal, but yeah. Jaina Slint also died, and he never went there, so yeah. I'm yeah. pretty yeah. sure you're you don't gonna
2: have to, You don't have to go there, yeah. But it's also funny, too, this focus on Hall when we know that this is where, you know, Arya's gonna go through hell um, very soon. So, Oh uh,
1: god, fucking Hall yeah. I mean, we know Arya's gonna end up there, Jamie and Brienne are gonna end up there, and you know, some really important scenes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, we're going to see the best and the worst of it, right? I mean. Yeah.
2: I wonder yeah. if we'll see it again. I mean, if Winds comes out, if Harrenhal will be there. Isn't the all of faces near Harrenhal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because yeah. it's Harrenhal sits on the eye, the god's eye, like, well, right on the shores of it. Not right, right, but, like, I think within a mile or something.
1: I mean, you mm-hmm. could kind
2: of see if, you know, we get, like, White
1: Walkers all the way down. Um, to the oh, Trident, you know, maybe mm-hmm. there you have a mm-hmm. people making a stand because it seems weird that we would never see the Isle of Faces in the books.
0: I yeah, know uh, I think oh, I think we'll see this, it. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, I,
2: who knows how? God, she's probably gonna just probably going to be poor <laughs> Brienne or something. Oh, White Walkers <laughs> in Harrenhal would be really creepy. <laughs> I mean, you know, if we think that Brienne, I mean, it already is creepy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I was going to say it would be super creepy and also kind of awesome if uh, Lady Stoneheart <laughs> took Harrenhal.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is her family's. I mean, she yeah. is, like, actually one of the rightful heiresses oh, to, you know, man. you could you could argue that she's, you know, something of a rightful heir to Harrenhal.
0: <laughs> so we'll um, have a scene. She could take a white Lady husband. Stoneheart. <laughs> Lady Stoneheart <laughs> taking a bath. <laughs> oh, there's a White Walker or something. I don't know. <laughs> Horrifying.
1: I mean, I don't think it's, you know, Jamie's revisited Harrenhal so I and I don't think it's necessarily unreasonable to think that Brienne could, especially if you I mean, who knows? If she, you know, if she's headed to the Vale, it could very well be on the way back from the Vale with Sansa or, you know, or whatever. You know, there's a lot of different reasons that I think she could end up there.
2: Mm-hmm. They won't be good reasons, that's the thing.
0: <laughs> Probably not. <Yeah. laughs> Um, so, can we go back to Edmure telling all of his lords that they can go yeah. home, and how dumb that is? Why was that a good idea? I, you know, it's hard because I don't.
1: I think realistically, they're at this point in time sitting still kind of is Rob's best decision. Mm-hmm. And then how do you have those lords sit still while their lands are you know while their lands and people are being slaughtered?
0: <sighs> like i, mean, I was
2: assumed there was an element of not wanting to have to feed them while they were there oh it's a chance to let them because they're not going very far hmm. i don't know
0: I, I guess but even in the that short distances that they're going they're getting their asses kicked yeah oh, and you know the blackfish comes back and is like why was this a good idea they're all getting their asses kicked i
1: mean unless you you know they put their put themselves out in force and like didn't go all the way to Heron Hall, but, like, stopped enough to yeah. push back, you know, push back the lines. Or Oh,
2: I don't think anybody was going to Heron Hall, were they?
1: No, no. No. But, yeah, it's, they're, I mean, they're in a dilly of a pickle, as they say. do they say is that something Uh,
2: yeah well i mean and this is kind of the the (laughs) ongoing question for rob it's you know like how long can you maintain this standing army without you know kind of formulating a plan but he's kind of waiting to see how some other things shake out before he decides what he's gonna do which is understandable so well
0: and i'm kind of like i'm totally sympathetic to that and i get that like it's difficult for these lords to see their people slaughtered and their lands burned and stuff but on some level it's kind of out of line for Edmure to suggest that they go home like everyone should be presenting a united front right now and I feel like as much as I love Edmure and I'll defend him I'm kind of like Edmure why did you even bring this up and like Rob is only 15 so I can see him making that decision even though it's kind of a bad one but it just doesn't make sense I mean, to because they me. have
2: to call I mean the, the idea is that they have to realize they'd have to call them back at some point and I didn't know yeah, exactly them. oh yeah they know they know they're yeah. going to need them back
1: yeah. i mean so, maybe the better solution is to and then,
2: like, yeah sorry. No, go home and defend and then come back, yeah. And I then think come part home, of it is yeah, some, of them, them again. some of them are losing family members, and yeah. it may be that they're ready, you know. they're Maybe like, they pushed it too, it's possible. The, that They may be car-starking to Edmure. We really don't see too much of that. I know there's a little bit of mention of the Brackens and the Blackwoods, but they both get hit really hard.
1: Mm. And, you know, maybe they have the you know, maybe they have some of the northern houses or some of the northern troops with them. Like, maybe that would have been a decent solution to... Uh,
2: yeah, I don't know. ...you know, kind of
1: get those, those... The northerners kind of seem hot to trot. Well, this could have been an opportunity for them to do
0: something. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that just seems like a good way to spread your forces too thin and lose a lot of them. Uh, oh,
2: yeah. But, I mean, from a military perspective, I, I see what you're saying. Right. I think the thing we don't really know is... Uh, battlefield-wise if they're so f- well within territory that they feel like they hold securely that they can yeah. spread themselves yeah. out a little bit. Although, I, I mean, of, you
1: know, Tywin isn't going to come out of Harrenhal and attack them any more than they're willing to attack Harrenhal. You know, they're both like two no. dogs playing possum.
2: But what they've path, essentially you know? done is they've essentially obliterated, you know, the Jamie half of the Lannister forces. Yeah. So I think they're yeah. feeling like they're in a pretty strong position yeah. right now and they have... Uh, Tywin pinned, and they also know that Tywin has to deal with uh, Stannis and Renly, obviously. Oh. So they, I think. Yeah, they're... that's true too. I forgot. You yeah, mean... she does bring up Renly. You can well, tell. They, I mean, just talk... when we talk about like Rob sending to to Cersei, I think you know. I mean, obviously, not saying that he doesn't. Everybody doesn't know that he's asking for more than he could ever get from her. But I mean, I think I think part of the reason that this delegation is going when it is is because they sense that. Um, it would be in the Lannisters' best interest to make peace right now, because the Lannisters are in a really, you know, precarious is the only way to put it position, and they are, which you find out when you get Tyrion's head again. Um, you know, yeah, I Blackfish know. mentions to Kat that, you know, there's another
1: Lannister force um Forming at Casterly Rock and it's led by you know they call him the dullard Sir Stafford Lannister <laughs> and it's our first mention of you know Davin. the very capable Sir Davin of course mm-hmm. <laughs> and Kyle's happy yeah I was happy I didn't realize I was like oh Davin already <laughs> oh, ew, my heart was not prepared uh, <laughs> you know and Cat has you know Cat realizes that they need to make Tywin leave Harrenhal before these "'before Sir Stafford's forces are ready to go.'" And there's kind of this little conversation that, that ends the chapter. "'Yes,' Sir Brynden prompted. "'Unless he must leave Hall, she said, "'to face some other threat. "'Her uncle looked at her thoughtfully. "'Lord Renly. King Renly. "'If she would ask help from the man, "'she would need to grant him the style he had claimed for himself. "'Perhaps,' the blackfish smiled, a dangerous smile. "'He'll want something, though. "'He'll want what kings always want,' she said. "'Homage.'" So, I mean, I think we've kind of discussed that, you know, yeah, this seems like, you know, they're obviously expecting the Lannisters to reject their their peace treaty. And, you know, what do you guys think? I mean, this seems
0: like a fairly decent plan. What, going to get Renly? Yeah.
2: Yeah, or to align themselves with Renly.
0: Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, it's one of those, you know, from, from their terrible options. Yeah. <laughs> obviously Renly you know know you're gonna have an easier time negotiating with Renly than Stannis everybody knows that
0: yeah everyone pretty much knows that like (laughs) Stannis will not put up with your shit
2: (laughs) yeah well and from this position I mean it looks like Renly's gonna win the day I mean you know he's got the Tyrells Mm -hmm. in his back pocket so between the Tyrells Tyrells and the Stormlords Stormlords, yeah. yeah yeah
1: His big lady wench, like, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) everything's coming up friendly. He's got a superhero. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, yeah, you kind of, um, you know, when, I know I ask this question a lot when I moderate, but I'm fascinated by the people that read the books before the show. Like, did you, you know, did you think, hey, this is going to work out? Or had
2: you been, like, uh, sufficiently... Like devastated by a Game of Thrones that you trusted nothing at this point. You know, I was stunned when they killed Renly, or when Renly died. I was like, oh my god, what, what, what? I remember that at the time, because you kind of get the feeling in reading a Game of Thrones that Renly the sleeper who's gonna, you know, be a, a big player. I mean, like, it's funny, we talk about, you know, whether you think Rob is, you know, the main guy or whatever, and it's like, I actually thought Renly would would secretly be one of the big players in the end, and I was just astounded. I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, like oh. Renly, I was sad, and I and I thought, you know, I thought he had a pretty good chance too, but it might have be been just my bias in liking him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because you know, and they never captured this on the show, but Renly in the books is so charming. Kind yeah, of. he's really oh, funny. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he, he he makes fun of Robert. He'll make fun of anybody. You no, know? no. Know oh <laughs> the comic relief <laughs> i mean it's yeah he's i realize we're like skipping
1: ahead to like the next chapters, but <laughs> anyone who's like thinking of maybe skipping the next couple of yeah. chapters like don't because they're super awesome yeah, they're like, so good they're like the, i mean that's why i think like sometimes we forget like Cat's chapters in Clash are like, they rock. Like, it's all They're the so stuff bad. that you, yeah. she's exactly where
2: you want her to be in the story. Like, yeah, this is what I want to be. Yeah. This, this is what I want to be. Like, come on, it's, yeah. it's, you get to see the showdown between yeah. Rinley and Stannis. I mean, like, come on, who'd want to oh, miss yeah. that? Right? We're yeah. going to have the Stannis and Rinley showdown where Rinley's, like,
0: <laughs> taking Eden a bite it. out of I a motherfucking peach. peach. Peaches! Yes, is that Peaches. from
1: Kat's POV or is it from
2: Davos' POV? Oh. I think it's Cat because she says okay. cat. Yeah. Hope them so. in she's thinking, she's thinking, yeah, she's thinking like a mom as she's watching. <laughs>
0: oh,
2: fun to go so, so, Ian, do we have any mail tonight? We have one, and it's an Anon. <laughs> it's an Anon question. It says, Is Trot more of a Frey, a Greyjoy, or a Bolton? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Should we have I don't, have I like don't, a, I don't a think trigger has warning for frames. this.
1: Yeah, we actually probably do need a trigger warning. <laughs> yeah, Trump,
2: Trump trigger Trump warning. Trump trigger warning, yeah. Yes. Apocalypse trigger warning.
0: Oh, God. Okay, so what were the options? Frey, Greyjoy, or what? Mm. Oh,
2: Greyjoy. I was, was going to say Greyjoy, Greyjoy too, because it seemed that combination <laughs> of, like, vicious and kooky. Like, there's Dumb. Like kooky. Vicious <laughs> and <laughs> megalomania. <cap>, the Victorian <laughs> you know, type situation
1: i was oh. i was going Greyjoy, but i almost think that maybe targaryen should be an option oh oh my god Yeah
2: totally yeah maybe oh, i could see that oh. he's got a little of this uh lannister vanity going on so <laughs> yeah i definitely I, think he's a narcissist he's, he's, he's not
0: funny like lannisters true. are
2: funny no he's not funny
0: no <laughs> even cersei can be funny yeah, but she's don't supposed to be unintentionally funny.
2: There's an easy way to figure this out. Whose house has the smallest hands? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe the house face? small hands. Probably the
2: phrase. A, the phrase might be I mean, the smallest hands. the phrase, phrase, phrase too smart. Don't like have two chins, though, <laughs> which is very Trump-like. Too yeah.
1: conniving. They seem too. Uh, yeah, for him. <laughs> and, he, and like has terrible a hair. <laughs> Maybe he's afraid. He's got bad <laughs> hair, and no chin, and like five wives.
2: And and a bunch of, of, you're right. And yeah, the guys. the lech part. Oh yeah, the lech. Wife, he might be afraid. <laughs> he's all the bad parts of all the houses, the main house. <laughs> like a quiz Mixed together. Like, he might be
0: afraid if. <laughs> uh, you heard it here first, guys. He retakes Donald's it over and, over and over. <laughs> I
1: think like he's too, <laughs> too um, orange maybe to be a Bolton. Yeah.
0: Does have kind of a a Stonish face i would say he's also like not quiet enough
1: now i'm picturing Devin lannister having to marry like tiffany trump
2: oh, <laughs> oh no <laughs> anyway so anything else anyone oh no i think that pretty much that does pretty it. Much
1: killed it okay just <laughs> so um if you want more of exciting content like this support our podcast and become a <laughs> patreon You'll get benefits like special episodes and exclusive early access to new episodes. Listen and review us on iTunes um, more than one star. I, actually, we should talk about this quick. Um, we've got our Olympia recipe. Is there anything else we're oh my waiting God, for? Yeah, you guys.
2: That was the <laughs> you know, best was morning. Morning news. <laughs> Pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> how long has it been like it's been oh, over like a year we've been year. asking for that yeah.
1: goddamn yeah. recipe a year yeah Oh, it another a thing time. this is our 150th episode
0: Woo-hoo!
1: i know right i remember all this shit at the end um <laughs> so. <laughs> so our 150th episode we have to think about something that we would like from reviewers um
0: anything a fray hat knitting pattern
2: <gasps> oh, oh, yeah, that was a really good one. Was it cool? <laughs> well, see, recipe that came up because we were for a while the Philippines was our like fourth or fifth biggest country who who listened to us, but we didn't have any reviews from them. Yeah. And so, of course, our fearless leader lot in her usual <laughs> style started trying to guilt trip them into reviewing okay. us by asking for Lumpia recipes. So that's how the Lumpia recipe oh. thing came to be. So I don't know. We'd have to look and see what country is listening. Yeah. To the most. We'll have to
1: get back to, um, get back to you countries. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, listen and review us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google play, and all of the other places. Find us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can email us at close the door Ann, at gmail.com. And I want to thank the panel and thank you all for listening. Um, closing the door. Get out.